Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 53 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard. I'm going to try to entertain you. I'm going to try to educate you. But the first thing I want to remind you is that it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Uh, This is a a plant that can help us in a lot of ways. Uh, For some people that uh, help with their physical health. Some people it's their mental health like me. Uh, some people, it's their financial health as they are uh, getting into this industry. So I uh, want to remind you that it's not just about getting high, it is about getting healthy. And also, uh, one way that we start our show off every time is finding out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. You dig it! Kinda grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great! This is the bee's knees! Can you dig it! So when I say, what's your groove, uh, I want to know that uh, while you're listening to this, um, are you grooving with anything cannabis-wise? Are you smoking a joint? Uh, Do you have a bong going, a pipe? Uh, You know, who knows what you might be doing? You mind if I do it, Jay? Uh, That's what I'm going to be doing right now, but uh, there could be uh, a a lot of things that uh, you could be going with. Pipe and a crepe. I don't know. Maybe you're got some edibles. Maybe it's a drink. Maybe you're just uh, relaxing, chilling out with some CBD. Whatever it is, uh, hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis One Hundred and One. Let me know what you are grooving with. I I've got a little bit of a pre-roll. It's uh, Green Kraken from Boaz, nice Alberta company, and it's uh, dynamite. It's uh, it's a hard. It's about twenty three percent. So for those of you that are uh, striving for THC, uh, this is a hard hitter. It's uh, really deadly. And I grabbed this. I was in the city, as I like to say, last week, and I like to visit uh, my uh, different friends at different cannabis shops. And uh, I went in to grab something at Spirit Leaf Argyle, and Nicole, uh, who is uh, the the manager there, uh, you know, got what I was looking for, and then I made this recommendation for me. So. I was really happy with that because it is absolutely awesome. So that's what my groove is right now. Uh, I want to find out what your groove is. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, some different things that I've trying out. I have love the uh, the concentrates that are out there. Grab some Fireside Shatter, some live resin from Good Buds. Um, I was up at uh, 
uh, the uh, Jensen Lakes uh, plant life uh, to grab a couple of those things over the last little while. So uh, that's the, the thing I love about it is uh, not just going out and getting my cannabis, but I have all these people that I get to visit in time. Uh, now, ahead of time, I do use the uh, the online sales. You know, when I go to Nova Cannabis uh, to meet my educator, Chris Ionson, click and collect, boom, find out what it is. Uh, but while I'm there, I get to just uh, chat while they're doing the uh, transaction, uh, find out uh, what else is out there and, and visit with my friends um, in the cannabis industry. So also getting some good product. Here's what we have coming down the hash pipe on this program. Leaf Unseth uh, from the Canadian Cannabis Exchange is going to join me for a really interesting conversation. If you are in the cannabis industry, you will want to be checking out the Canadian Cannabis Exchange, uh, depending on what part of the industry uh, you are in. David Wiley from the OZ, as usual, joins us for this week in Cannabis News. We'll be chatting about the name game. Most Canadians don't know what a lot of cannabis company names are. And then there was the trailer park buds that was obviously going to get hand slapped and it did. So we're going to chat about that. Is there an advantage uh, when it comes to provincial or private stores and uh, Valens hard at work out in uh, the Okanagan Valley? As mentioned, Chris Ionson will drop by. He is the manager at Nova Cannabis, Jasper Avenue. Make sure when you're heading there, use click and collect. Head to the Leafly website, find Nova Cannabis, Jasper Ave, pre-order, pick it up in and out. Saves you time, saves the bud tender time, and keeps us all a whole lot safer. So we're going to do What's That Strain with Chris. Eight Ball Kush from 1812. I mentioned the uh, the uh, Green Kraken is uh, 23, 27% for the Eight Ball Kush from 1812. Yeah, it's a... Hard, hard-hitting indica. Holy shnikes. You got it. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. will be by for the business of cannabis, the latest Bud Biz Buzz. We're going to talk about drink issues, and we're also going to discuss a wicked cool product called the J. It's an accessory called the J-Roll. You can roll 10 joints at once, push of a button. It weighs it, it grinds it, it... Uh, distribute it to the cone and pops it out it is one of the coolest things a video i found on uh, on uh, the internet uh, you know months and months ago and you know started chatting with the creators of this and i'm really excited uh, to talk with malka about j-roll our cannabis question is about your favorite canadian cannabis advocate and we'll tell you about how you can get a, a promo code 50 percent off a dna kit for lobo genetics don't forget we got the weed weekly at the uh, every friday uh, except for last week when we didn't have a show uh, but every friday the weed weekly comes out and at the end of the month which will be this friday we will have a giveaway for you speaking of giveaways let's get going with the cannabis question it's prize time Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a grape, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Okay. 
So the cannabis question, of course, it is Canada Day today. Happy Canada Day to everybody, or Bobby Bonilla Day, as I call it. If you don't know the Bobby Bonilla story, in 1999, he was owed $5.9 million from the New York Mets. Uh, they decided with his agent, and, and I think uh, Bernie Madoff was involved somehow, to defer his payments. So he retired in 2001. In 2011, I believe, his payments started. Every year, every year on July 1st, Bobby Bonilla, the former Met, gets $1.9 million until 2035. Talk about a good deal. So it's great Canada Day. It's a great day for Bobby Bonilla. And it's a great day for Canadian cannabis advocates that we can celebrate. So I want to know who is your favorite Canadian cannabis advocate. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101. Check us out on Instagram, the Cannabis 101 podcast. We're on Facebook as well. Chime in and you could win a pair of Regal Cigars. A great Canadian company right here in Edmonton creates these beautiful Regal Cigars. There's the Regal Slims that are coming out and man, do they look gorgeous. So if you want to win two Regal Cigars, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to remain anonymous, we can still hook you up possibly if you are a winner. So the the two that I've kind of narrowed down uh, as far as uh, Canadian cannabis advocates, uh, one is the uh, the godfather of cannabis. Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? So there is uh, Tommy Chong, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, he is uh, the guy that uh, I originally thought of as uh, when I thought of cannabis, and it's so awesome. Uh, it's just it's just so great. So uh, Tommy Chong and Seth Rogen. I thought I had a uh, Seth Rogen clip uh, queued up, but I don't. But Seth Rogen is the other guy for me, um, who is now down in Hollywood. Does not forget about his Canadian roots and is still, uh, you know, fighting the good fight when it comes to cannabis and legalization. He obviously has houseplant. Uh, so those are the two Canadians that I look at from the acting world. Uh, you know, we got a lot of great suggestions. Jody Emery, who's done a lot of work uh, for uh, cannabis advocates. Jackie Childs has uh, received some uh, mentions on uh, social media as well. Uh, so want to know who your favorite Canadian cannabis advocate is. And if you are lucky, if you are our winner, you will receive a pair of Regal cigars. Before we get to our first guest, uh, what pairs well with cannabis? Is anything that pairs well with cannabis? What do you like to do? What do you like to pair with cannabis? Is there something specific that you look forward to doing that involves cannabis? Uh, for me, when I have to edit stuff, I you know like I I like to work on things when I'm putting together music and and intros for some of my other shows. Uh, I, I like to use different strains. Sometimes I'll mix a couple of strains that I know uh, bring some creativity together. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll throw some keef in there to get that extra little boost. Some of my best ideas have come when I've uh, thrown a little keef into the bowl or the joint. Uh, so you know, I've been doing a lot of editing lately uh, for a new show, tracking the draft with Craig Button shameless plug it's about the nhl draft uh, episode one comes out 
Thursday. That, that would be July 2nd tomorrow. Uh, so check that out wherever you find your podcast. Uh, but I've been putting a bunch of things together. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll mix together some cannabis, uh, do some work, and later on go back and listen to it and make sure it all jives and, and, and sounds and it's just not getting too carried away. So that's what I like to do. That's what I like to pair well with uh, cannabis. All right, to get the latest on what's happening with C101 and the podcast uh, by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at Cannabis101podcast.ca. If you sign up, you're in the mix for the monthly prize pack. We'll have one at the end of this month as our uh, our uh, Weed Weekly continues. So you can get the uh, end of the month uh, prize package and you can keep up with your favorite cannabis podcast with the Weed Weekly. Just subscribe at the Cannabis 101 podcast. All right, we're going to check out the Canadian Cannabis Exchange after the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. It is a great uh, day to have a discussion with a Canadian uh, cannabis company in the cannabis industry, and I'm really excited uh, to bring on board the head of operations at the Canadian Cannabis Exchange, Leaf Unseth. Leaf, welcome to the show, and happy Canada Day to you. Yeah, you as well. Pleasure being on, and uh, looking forward to the conversation today. Well, I always like to start my conversation with people uh, who are obviously in this industry with a, a little bit about the, the background, because for most of us, this is something new. Uh, you know, there are the few lucky people that can come right out of school and jump into this industry. It, that wasn't around in 1993 when I graduated high school. But I guess, uh, you know, what was the what was life uh, career like before you got into cannabis and, and things like that? Yeah, so for myself and the team, it was the uh, oil and gas and commodities market. Uh, we brought it over uh, a lot of applicable experience to the industry, but uh, combined 42 years plus in the oil trading world. Uh, myself, I did dab a little bit in the health tech side, uh, but mostly the commodity world is what we're bringing across to the industry and do, do you find uh, that you know with the the vast experience that that you guys have um you know uh, uh, do you find a lot of similarities or is this uh just a whole brand new space that that you guys are uh working through so what helped our introduction to the industry was our founders were actually found building and developing their own uh lp they got a lot of experience from their friends who were master growers and had a lot of uh, applicable on the ground experience before the exchange started. Uh, when you tie across the other commodities industries, however, there is more than people would think that connects uh, both in how the products move, how negotiations work, uh, how you sell the product, and how you represent it. Uh, obviously, cannabis is so unique. There's so much uh, about the product that people can hold near and dear to their hearts and have a passion for outside of an oil molecule. But uh, there are a lot more similarities than 
uh, meets the eye for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, certainly a lot of experience behind it. Um, you know, what was the, uh, I guess, your reason to say, I'm, I'm really interested in, in seeing what this cannabis industry has to offer and, and jumping into it? So personally, when it started being talked about legalizing, I definitely saw medical benefits. I saw how everyone's already using it anyways, so why don't we create a regulated environment, give access to everyone? Uh, there's no detriment there. Uh, when it came to our team and why we as a group wanted to get into the space is we saw that the industry was both in its infancy and lacking that market transparency. And we thought that we had not only the skill set, but also the technology to help out. So uh, that's kind of a little bit of background on the personal and the team side, why why we are where we are today. And what attracted you to the team? Uh, you know, not just the cannabis, but working with the people that you're working with now. Uh, experience, that's got to be the biggest one. Uh, just a very professional edge, knowing that the team wasn't just coming across from uh, a trading world and had that experience at an LP, had a passion for the product, uh, and wasn't just trying to commoditize it like a bunch of numbers. Uh, really showed me that the team would be in it, A, for the long haul, and B, would stand behind our idea and the project uh, to the market. Awesome. So let's get into what the Canadian Cannabis Exchange is. Uh, kind of give me the the Coles Nodes version, and then we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into it. Uh, you know, for people that are uh, that are listening at home, uh, wondering exactly what the CC is, uh, give me the lowdown. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a B two B marketplace, meaning that we have our live time technology as well as our team of brokers and uh, experts to help facilitate the purchase and sale of all cannabis and hemp products and services. Uh, this means that from the time a product such as a batch of trim or a batch of flour is listed uh, for sale, we help find a buyer or seller for that product. We help find the shipping partner for that product. And we also help manage the funds clearing the escrow payments, just making it a very easy process for clients to help buy and sell the product, uh, as well as find data, find industry data on the marketplace for where listings at, what's product uh, actually selling for, and where should I be offering my services at? Hmm. That's really interesting because, um, you know, I've been doing this uh, for just over a year now as far as the cannabis industry, not the the broadcasting industry, but just in the cannabis world. And I'm always amazed at uh, the, the parts of the industry I didn't know about. And, you know, for me, I was so simple minded when it came to cannabis, I just didn't see the, these amazing things. So you guys have this idea, um, how has it like the plant, how has it grown and maybe changed over time since the very beginning? Uh, when we first started this idea, we thought it was just going to be focused on bud and trim products. We thought that uh, we would just help put the deal together and that would be it. However, we found over time, now we're helping find genetics, buds and clones. We're helping people move it for extraction and then sell the disposable inoculates. Uh, we're also helping find co-packing services or white labeling deals. There's so much else in the market that goes into getting a product from the ground into the consumer's hands and we found an ability to help our clients move it through every part of that value chain. Uh, and we also had no idea how much uh, we could provide back to our clients just in information, telling them, hey, this is what we've seen happening in the market today. If you have this harvest coming in a month, we could expect to get, let's say, $3 a gram for it. So just being able to really give people uh, a little bit of 
insight and more guarantee into what their future harvests are going to look like. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I love that, uh, you know, it starts with one thing and, and, and grows as it does. And, you know, who knows where it gets to uh, down the road and, and, you know, who, where the, where this develops. So for the people that are listening right now, wondering, is this, is this for me? What parts of the industry um, that are using the Canadian, Canadian cannabis exchange? That's the great part about the exchange is we're able to service everyone from nurseries, cultivators, extractors through the entire uh, value chain, but also for companies who are soon to be licensed, are newly licensed, or are simply just investors, where we have a view access option on the exchange that allows you to get on, view what's going on in the market, view what's going on in the listings. So the short answer of it is we're able to service everyone and anyone in the industry who's interested in buying or selling or just wants to keep their pulse on the market. So what something that's uh, kind of sparked something that you said there is that, you know, obviously we know, you know, nurseries, um, you know, cultivators, um, things like that, they're already in the industry, but you mentioned the people that are, are getting into the industry is what's interesting. Can, you know, when you're helping those type of people that are saying, we're looking at um, growing X, is that where you can step in and say, here's what's, you know, the market might be flooded with this. Maybe you want to look at this. And, and is that the strategic thing that people need to look at before they jump into this? Absolutely. We've seen an industry that changes week over week. Uh, we've seen over 400 now licensed LPs in the market. So business plans are adapting quite rapidly, even in the weeks right before someone receives their license. Uh, when it comes to strain recommendations, we're definitely able to guide people certain ways, say that, hey, there might be a little bit too much gorilla glue in the market at the moment, or provinces are approving these views the fastest. Uh, but what we really like to focus on is telling that con- that uh, consumer or that client, here's where you can get a clone for that strain. Here's how you can help grow it with some recommendations on the quality assurance pr- side of it. And here's where we think it'll sell at. So it's more than just giving them a one-time information, it's staying in touch with that client through months and months of progress that they make. Well, and is that's pretty much kind of goes hand in hand, I think, with the, the, the cannabis industry, I, I would think. I, I, you know, I, I've found certainly since uh, I've uh, started uh, dabbling in this and, and meeting new people, um, you know, so many people uh, are trying to build this for the long term and, you know, helping out uh, a company get started and then going off on something else kind of leaves them wondering what the next step is. So um, you guys kind of like are, are building that relationship um, long-term as this industry grows long-term. Absolutely. It's a relationship business as is anything, but specifically the cannabis industry, you get to know each client, you get to know why they're in it, what their focus is. Are they here to grow the absolute best product that they can, or are they here to grow a lot of product and sell it as fast as they can. So getting to know each person and each team uh, behind these products has been a big part of our business as well. All right. uh, Specifically, can you give me a a list of things, you know, people are out there listening and, you know, one of them goes off saying, ah, I need to get on the CCE for that. What are some of the specific services that you guys do with different clients that you have? Absolutely. Uh, For example, this week we had some clients who listed ice cream cake. 23.3% 23.3% THC, fantastic terpenes. They have 100, 115 kilograms of it for sale. 
we got it up on the exchange and we found two or three buyers yet to be seen, but they requested some samples. They wanted to know more about, uh, is this going to be produced month over month? And then we worked towards getting a PO in place and negotiating the deal terms. And that's how uh, a lot of flour would move from the time it's harvested to the time it's sold through the exchange. Um, when it comes to the services side, such as co-packing, we currently have an opportunity for uh, a, an LP to provide their flour to a licensed company with a sales license, package it into pre-rolls, excise stamp it, and sell it to the provinces. And that's not a straight-up deal. There's a lot of discussion around revenue sharing, JV partnerships, how much volume every week is coming through. So we actually hop on the calls with both clients and sit down with each team and figure out, okay, how do we run a test sample of this? How can we spend some product for you to create the free rolls and make sure it's uh, up to spec? So uh, there's a number of ways that all those different product product categories operate. Uh, but in short, I think that gives a good high-level snapshot. Mm, that's really interesting. So uh, you guys have so much experience there. I wonder, um, is it uh, is it one of those things where you have to know and have to have your finger on the pulse of, of everything or do specific, um, whether you call them brokers, handle certain parts of the industry and others handle the other parts of the industry? How, how does it how does it work that way? Because, you know, there, as as I'm learning, there is so much to the cannabis plant and industry that it, it certainly takes a big brain to be able to handle it all. Yeah, absolutely. When it gets down into some of the nitty-gritty science of how much water a plant needs or uh, how the CO2 extraction works, those are things that we refer to a lot of our industry partners uh, and our consultants with, people that we've made strategic relationships with. Uh, but when it comes to overarching knowing what goes into the deal, knowing for example, in genetics, that you need to ensure your rights to that strain are protected uh, if you're selling it, making sure that that person can't recut the genetic. Those are things that we definitely understand both from experience uh, on transactions, and those are also why we stay up to date on all the recent regulations. Um, so in short, to answer your question, yes, there is a need for people to pick their niche and get really good at it, and that's why we have the partners that we do in the industry for those things where we're always bouncing questions off them. But for putting deals together, uh, the CCE team is no better match than anyone else out there. That's why we put ourselves in this place in the market to get really good at what we do and ensure that other clients can focus on what they're best at, which is growing plant and the products that we get to enjoy every day. Well, and it must be amazing to be able to uh, continually learn more and more about the plant and, and the industry for for yourself and everybody at your team, because, you know, I, I don't know anybody that thinks that they know everything about the uh, plant or ever will, but, you know, for you, it allows you to just learn so much about uh, the entire industry. Absolutely. It's that old adage of why you wake up every day, right. getting to learn something new, being excited to go and visit all these uh, facilities of our clients. There's no better feeling than watching the plant be harvested and then two or three months later getting to help sell that product and help that person uh, recognize their dream of getting it in either a medical or a recreational user's hands. So uh, it's definitely a driving force behind the passion for it. And as you said, we're here for the long term. The people who got in this industry for the right reasons are going to be in it for the long haul. 
Yeah, and and I love that. Uh, you know, you you can tell when you're working uh, with with somebody uh, how they really care ab- about what they're doing. And you know, you're working with people because let's face it, for a lot of these people, growing is very personal, and 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 it should be. They have a passion for it, so you can tell you're working with people that you know are in it for the passion rather than the paycheck. And that's the, I think is the most. Uh, um, I don't know, gratifying thing, I think. I, I like to use the term, we're all pulling on the same hemp rope right now to get the cannabis industry to where we need it. Then we can start talking about how we're all better than each other. But right now, everybody is striving to get the industry where it needs to go. And and it's a it's a neat feeling. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to see uh, an industry go from illegal to legal very often in our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And also the scale that it's happening on. It's not like we legalized it in one province of three or five million people right we went across the board coast to coast from day one and uh everyone definitely has to pull in the same rope but at the same time we have to acknowledge we don't know where this industry is going to end up sometimes but the great thing is we're all going to be here to figure it out uh together and uh, and hopefully with the same uh benefits for everyone in mind rather than uh, more of a cutthroat industry you see elsewhere. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so you guys are obviously very busy and uh, very productive. Do you have eyes on uh, future expansion, or is that something that you guys will worry about down the road? Right now, we're really focused on the domestic market, helping build out uh, our network and our client base, because that's just how the exchange operates the most efficiently, when we can present buyers with the best options and alternatives and when we can get our sellers offerings in front of as many buyers as possible so uh with that said we do dabble in the international markets uh, i want to be careful there because it has to be eu gmp compliant a lot right. of uh background and checks goes into the clients that we deal with in that side of course um but domestic market for right now we just want to make sure uh, all of our clients understand what we bring to the market and that we're delivering each and every time we chatted earlier in the conversation about the growth of uh, the Canadian Cannabis Exchange, or the, the pivot, rather, or the, the, the change, I guess you might say. What about the growth? Um, how have you seen uh, the CCE from, you know, day one until where we are? You know, what steps have you guys taken, and, and how proud of you are of that? Well, day one, it really started by sitting down and saying, okay, there's definitely a gap in this market. Here's a service that we could help with. Uh, But it was also a big learning curve, hearing from actual uh, growers across the country, where are your pain points? How could we change this model that we're bringing? And it just really started by adapting the business model to the client rather than bringing something to the market and telling them that's what we needed. We wanted to hear from them what they needed from us. And then started working on adapting the technology, started voice brokering and transacting in about December there. And here we are today. We deal actively with over 150 LPs, and that's growing every day. We do demos, calls, and uh, help new clients sign up every day. So it's very exciting and very fulfilling uh, to know that there's product at the cannabis shop down the street from me that we helped move uh, a few months prior before it was packaged. So I think that's been something that really strikes home when you can go pick up and purchase a product that you help get to market. Yeah, I was I was actually going to actually just bring that up and say that must be uh, kind of a, a pretty gratifying feeling when you can walk into the store and say, hey, um, this uh, whatever it is, I, I helped get it on uh, 
on on this shelf and you know that's um you know when when you're when you're dealing in a lot of you know numbers and computers you might not be able to see that practical thing that you're actually doing so uh, i imagine that must have been um, you know such a, a really cool feeling uh to do that and you know when you talk about growth of uh companies sometimes when something is new there's a there's a um uh, a risk of trying to rush it and get it to to market or whatever it might be or get it up and get it running and you know maybe a podcast get it on the air right away but it sounds like you guys were patient and smart about it by sitting down and saying let's figure out what people want before we start giving them something they might not want was it was it a pretty patient but diligent approach that you guys took to this Absolutely. When we brought this technology across, as you said, it was a lot of numbers, listings, uh, names that had some high-level details around how the product was maybe grown, what its potency was. But those discussions really helped us realize this product needs to have its images or needs to have its videos on site. Okay, awesome. We added that to the listing. Uh, some of those products, is it irradiated? How was it trimmed? Because hand trimming versus machine trimming creates a world of difference. So that patience really helped ensure that uh, the platform from day one had a lot of the functionality that our clients would have otherwise missed. Uh, and with that, we're never going to be completely perfect. Every day we wake up and a client says, hey, this feature would be awesome to have. Perfect. That's what our team's here to do, and that's why we have our in-house IT group. All right. Uh, the one question I also love to chat with my guests about is uh, just their thoughts on uh, the industry as a whole. Um, you know, we, we're the first G7 country to fully legalize. If you look at the situation in the states, uh, it's all over the place. Um, it's it's just all eyes are on Canada right now, and and it's Canada Day. So, um, what what do you think about the the I guess the job or the process so far of legalization? A lot of people have been critical, and there's certainly things that you can you can pick at. But overall, if you were going to give it a grade or or a thought process of how our country has rolled out legalization so far. Absolutely. Everyone could approach it with a critical eye, but I think that's in part because we have so many entrepreneurs and so many people with these fantastic ideas that they're just so driven to get them to market as fast as possible. But with that, we're talking about something that has serious health implications. You're not just selling any regular old consumer good. We're selling something that alters the way people feel, the way that they interact with one another. So in my opinion, there's obviously a million things that we could run down the list of how it could have been done better. But at the same time, I have an appreciation for why the regulation was put in so strongly and backed out uh, as they saw fit. If the government was standing by their original plan and not changing anything, then obviously there'd be a bigger issue at hand. But the fact they're being receptive enough and having these conversations with industry that just shows me that they're willing and we'll get to the right stage eventually. Yeah. I, I, my kind of stock uh, answer for that when people ask me about it is that it's kind of like uh, the government had this giant cannabis balloon and they're just letting it out a little bit at a time. Uh, I don't have kids, but I had nephews and I saw when people tried to take toys away from them that they gave them. 
And the last thing that I think the federal government uh, and and uh, the the regulations people wanted to do is say, yeah, go do whatever you want. And then like six months down the road, say you can't do that. So I think actually the way they've done it, while there are a lot of things I would like to change, and, and, and I agree with you, there's evidence that they are willing to listen, and I'm confident those will get changed in time. But you know, every single country that is thinking about legalization has been watching what Canada has done. And now they're seeing that there's not riots in the streets and fires and, you know, people acting ridiculous, that people can handle cannabis responsibly. And I think Canada had a responsibility in in doing that for the rest of the world. Absolutely. All the eyes are on us. So it was almost a global responsibility to not screw this up because if we had then you just give every government and health organization around the world that chance to shut down transformative new bills in their own countries so when you see australia new zealand germany the list goes on and on you can at least attribute that to the fact we did uh deal with regulations in, in the right way uh to make sure that those countries didn't have their own reservations or fears so we've seen a lot develop in the cannabis industry. Um, you know, we started with flour and uh, and oil and capsules, and and now we have uh, these wonderful uh, edibles and drinks and different things. Um, and and the industry is just uh, you know, there's so many more things that are still to come. What do you think is the next big thing in the cannabis industry? Uh, to break that question into two, if you look at the six to twelve month timeline, I definitely say newer forms of consumption, uh, some raised quality and standards between uh, the various producers. We have to remember that just because everyone has a uh, license in hand doesn't mean they're doing it the same way as the other company down the street. So companies are going to start to stand out on uh, how they produce and what they're producing a little bit more, uh, aside from just brand names. And then longer term, the 12, 24-month process, it's going to be international markets. It's going to be how do we, as that Canadian brand, approach all these other countries? How do we offer our uh, knowledge and our experience to these other growers? Are we selling our product to them, or are we helping them set up their own operations? So all of that's yet to be seen, but that is definitely the largest overarching trend that I know is in the back of people's minds. Well, I know there's a, a lot of uh, my listeners are uh, uh, just cannabis enthusiasts, but there's a lot of my listeners that are in the cannabis industry themselves. So uh, can you at least let them know how um, can they get connected with the Canadian Cannabis Exchange? How do they use your service? Absolutely. So on our website, CanadianCannabisX.com, we have a little form that'll put you right in touch with myself or a member of our team. Uh, I can also be found on LinkedIn and I'm open to uh, talking with anyone, either an enthusiast or an LP in the market anytime. Uh, as I said, the platform's here for here for everyone on both the trading and just you side of the market. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, diving into it uh, more and learning more, uh, playing uh, around on there and uh, seeing how the cannabis industry works, because I think uh, there is so much to be able to be learned uh, from this plant and this industry. Leaf, this has been a lot of fun, really educational. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Canada Day. Thanks very much for chatting with me. Appreciate the time and all the best to you as well. is the Cannabis 101 podcast.
your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very interesting conversation with Leif Unseth of the Canadian Cannabis Exchange. Kind of gives you an, an opportunity uh, if you uh, uh, sign up and, uh, as mentioned, visit and fill out the forms and gives you a look at the industry before it hits the shelves. You know, what is this strain, uh, you know, trading for, selling for, uh, what is available, what's flooding, what's uh, a lot of there out there in the market. And I don't know. There's just so much about this uh, industry that keeps opening up to me. I'm, I'm, I'm so amazed. So I'm really interested in uh, the inner workings of the Canadian Cannabis Exchange and finding out kind of how the business works uh, before uh, it ends up um, in my lungs. Uh, by the way, you could check out One Hitters later this week featuring David Wiley of the OZ. We put him in the spotlight this week and get to know his cannabis history. You can find that and full episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also subscribe to The Weed Weekly and qualify for our monthly giveaway. Speaking of David Wiley. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley of the OZ joins me as usual for this week in cannabis news. You can find the OZ at okanaganz.com slash OZ on Twitter at okanaganz and David could be found at Wiley Writer. Uh, happy Canada Day, David. Hello, hello. Happy Canada Day to you as well. Uh, what a wonderful country to live in. And we get to talk about legal cannabis. Yes. Uh, and we just need a, a little sunshine and everything will be all the more better. But you know what uh, is great for rainy days is uh, a joint. So uh, let's talk about uh, some cannabis. <laughs> um, and and I guess the one thing that um, I guess people have uh, wondered about with the cannabis industry is and one of the regulations that that has been very strict is when it comes to names. We're going to talk about uh, you know one company that you know had to make a change in a little bit. Uh, but the other thing that it's happening is it's making people think that every cannabis is almost the same. That's a big challenge. How do you differentiate yourself in this kind of a market? And you know, cannabis producers have spent millions and millions of dollars on marketing and trying to figure that out. Uh, well, a recent survey by the Brightfield Group pulled 3,000 Canadians and found that uh, most of that money may have just been a waste. Uh, at this point in time, brand awareness in the Canadian market is low, and consumers are suffering from what they're calling decision fatigue. So if you're, if you're in the cannabis uh, circle and thinking that, well, everybody and their dog knows about Tweed, You'd be wrong. Actually, only uh, two out of five people are even aware of the Tweed brand from Canopy. And 17 different brands that were asked about actually had less than 20% name awareness. So there really isn't, uh, there isn't really much knowledge on the consumer level about different names, different brands. Marketing has been a real struggle because the regulations through the Cannabis Act are really tight. Uh, you, your logo can only be so big. Your marketing can only contain certain amounts of information. Um, you, your advertisements can only be put in certain places. And yeah, cannabis is still in, in its infancy. 
Um, but again, we've seen these strict marketing rules criticized across the board. One of the other challenges that consumers are facing right now uh, is that weird list of cannabis strain names. A lot of different stores across the country um, don't call, you know, Northern Lights, Northern Lights. They call it something different. And so nobody really knows what's what. Some of these stores have uh, have gone out and actually put the, you know, the, the, the real strain name, let's call it, in brackets besides. So you can get a sense of actually what you're, what you're purchasing. But that's becoming a problem. Um, so as far as the future of marketing goes, uh, we're even seeing some of these big companies really start to rethink what they're going to be doing. Uh, Afria recently laid off its chief, chief marketing officer, so that's going to be a restructuring. Canopy Growth is outlining its plans to change its strategy, that they're not going to be first to market, that they're going to try and avoid consumer confusion. Uh, so we're really going to start seeing things change down the line when it comes to how companies are approaching the consumer, um, especially with some of the smaller players that are starting to come in and uh, and carve out a niche, the ones that can be a little bit more agile. And we're seeing even those moves at the beginning where you had celebrities putting out their own brands. You know, we see Seth Rogen, Drake, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg. Um, you can't even really leverage those names because of the strict marketing that's happening right now. Well, yeah, um, it should be Leafs by Snoop, and instead it's LBS. Um, I don't think you can say Girl Scout cookies. I think that's GSC. Uh, so uh, a lot of it, and, you know, for somebody coming in there is like, uh, they don't know what the GSC is or LBS, uh, but they may have had a Girl Scout cookies strain uh, from before, so they don't really, maybe can't really wrap their head around it. Um, and then there was this... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trailer park buds that came out. Now, I'll be honest. When I first saw this, I thought this can't be real. There's no way this <laughs> got through regulations. And as it turns out, they had to make a change because it looked too much like trailer park boys. I, I had the exact same thought. How on earth did that logo, which is pretty much exactly the same, make it through? And not only that, but their strain names are Two Birds Sativa and uh, Adidaso Indica. <laughs> so, you know, like these are throws to the show itself, uh, and we're just too close. So, Organogram Holdings, uh, which came out with this uh, bulk product, sells for, for about 160 bucks an ounce, um, did get a pretty good slap from Health Canada. So, at this point in time, they're going to be rethinking their logo uh, and rethinking the way that they're marketing it. it they're going to have to uh, to do that right away as well. So they'll have a bit of placeholder marketing in there. Um, yeah, definitely a bit of an awkwardly situation in that one. Well, if Bic Lighter and ZigZag have to change their logos, I was like, there's no way this is going to last. And it was only um, a, a matter of time. Uh, now, out in your neck of the woods, in, in your province, um, th- there's talk about government stores having an advantage and, and you know we've seen in different places out in ontario um they were doing curbside it was like basically the only place you could get it was the ontario website and then they relaxed it because it would have become a, a monopoly here in alberta uh, the uh, the uh, the government is not shipping out chocolate this summer because it's melting so there are um a drawback sometimes when you are dealing with those uh, mail and, and, and online government sites but there are some private uh, retailers that have an issue with some of these sites stores as well out in bc 
Mm-hmm, indeed. Yeah, we are seeing this kind of a, a pushback out in BC, and dealers are finding themselves facing off against the deep pockets of government. Um, BC stores have been grumbling for a while about what they perceived as a disadvantage, uh, even to the point now of mulling over whether or not they want to file a lawsuit. You know, government store here can sell online; they can't. Um, you know, feels like they're they they have bottomless pockets by hiring unionized workforce. Um, I've even heard some retailers speculate that maybe they keep all the good products for themselves. Um, so there really is a bit of a simmering anger happening. Um, but I did talk to a spokeswoman for the BC Cannabis Stores, that's a provincial-run retailer here, and she assures me that uh, they're all on a level playing field. In fact, Viviana Zanico told me in a review that if anyone has an edge in this market, it's the private sector. She says that some of these retailers were actually already operating in the space, and they already had a, a customer base. And she says, meanwhile, uh, government stores are still trying to find some commercial space in some of these municipalities uh, and adhere to their bylaws, and that includes distance from stores that are already established. In fact, uh, the BC cannabis stores now are saying that they're only a bit player, so that they only have 17 government stores, and they're far outnumbered by the more than 200 private stores that are open around the province. So she says that the, some of the things that are being put forward, including um, you know, some uh, some question as to whether or not the province pays its own 15% markup. Uh, she says that it does, and uh, also points out that that 15% wholesale markup is uh, much lower than the wholesale markup on liquor, which is between 70% and 120%, depending on the product. So the reason that that markup is so low is because they do want to try and keep the price competitive with the black market. Um, so she says that basically overall provincial provincial stores are just trying to compete with overall good service and, and by stocking products that customers want uh, because every store has the same access to all the same products. So it's just a question of serving that individual market. It, the interesting thing is, um, and, and I believe uh, you had this, is that there's a limit on how many uh, stores one, is it for, what franchise or, or company can have, mm-hmm. but there's no limit. And like the, the, the government stores, they have, they're over that limit already, are they not? Yeah, they are. The limit on private retail is, uh, is, is eight. And so far, the government has 17 stores and counting. Um, so the, the spokeswoman didn't get into this too much just because it's not her uh, branch that makes these decisions. But she did speculate that the reason that it was capped at eight was to make sure that no single private retailer could throttle the market and that there would be space for, uh, for a lot of different competitors. Hmm. Maybe that uh, limit goes up uh, and increases as uh, more stores, but uh, there's only so many people. So, all right, let's talk about another, um, I guess, uh, homegrown company, you might say, in your backyard. Um, This is a a company that is, uh, I'm going to guess, one of the busier ones out there. They sure are. The Balance Company, formerly known as uh, Balance Growworks, they, uh, they're out of Kelowna, and there's a reason why you likely haven't heard of them. It's that most of the products that they produce are actually white label. So they're producing them on behalf of other companies. Um, for example, you may have seen new vapes out there that in Alberta. They're available. They're coming apparently to Ontario and BC soon called uh, Made By. They're from the Burnt Company. Um, well, these are actually produced by Valens. 
And they actually have about 20 or so products across the different concentrates um, product lines. So beverages, topicals, vaporizers, um, and that they're producing for other companies. They're actually one of the top three cannabis companies in North America right now. Um, And I had the chance to talk to their CEO, Tyler Robson. He's a pretty interesting guy uh, and had a lot to say about some of the different things that are going on right now. So one of the things they did mention was that uh, we have a ways to go right now in winning over customers from the black market. Um, not necessarily a big secret. He says that uh, that licensed producers really need to go an extra mile and bring the price down. He says it's impossible to compete with the black market after you're paying multiple taxes, uh, multiple regulatory fees, quality assurance costs, and even testing. That's an expense the black market doesn't face at all. He also took aim at those marketing regulations that we talked about. I mean, he says that it's impossible to get the message out to black market customers about the legal market because you literally can't. You can't get that message out. And that has to change in order to help raise awareness of the kinds of products and the kinds of prices that are available out there on the legal market. As for the future of cannabis, he says that concentrates and derivatives, maybe self-servingly, are going to continue to dominate the market. He says that fewer and fewer people are going to be interested in smoking a joint as new products come out. Um, natural health products, so the health and wellness side of things is going to be massive. Um, he also anticipates the pet industry is going to be huge once it opens up a little bit more and we have some more clarity on rules and regulations. Uh, and, you know, coming from the guy who runs the company that does concentrate, he says that Shatter still has a way to go. That's something that we haven't seen too much on the market right now. I think at BC we have one Shatter product. Um, there's a little bit of uh, that live rosin out there and a little bit of hash is starting to make its way through. Um, Balance itself has produced a crumble. Uh, but apparently, according to, to Tyler, the black market has had years and years to tinker with the process and the recipes through trial and error of Shatter. And it just takes time to learn and to replicate that in a legal framework. Um, so as far as them saying, they say that they have no control over where this product is sitting. So if it's in a truck in Kelowna, 40 degree heat, or it's in Alberta at minus 10, they don't know. So there's still a lot of shelf stability. Um, overall, you know, I asked them about how Canada was doing. And yeah, like most cannabis companies, um, he certainly had some gripes over maybe regulations changing overnight or Health Canada making up regulations on the fly. But he said that Health Canada is new to this, just like any other company. Um, just like any other regulator, this is all brand new. And, you know, Health Canada is doing its best and overall has done a pretty good job, in his opinion, of legalizing the market. And even as we move forward, things are going to change. And uh, and those regulations will, fingers crossed, start to loosen. Well, it's it's interesting when you mention the, the shatter because I've uh, tried to – Fireside has a, a shatter out. And, and I picked some up uh, – uh, from Plant Life here in um, Saint Albert the other day, and it's it's really good. I've also I also have tried the uh, the live uh, rosin from Good Buds, and and that's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the shatter is interesting because I picked one up from uh, another store um, uh, also, and it wasn't the same consistency. 
I mean, the one was rock hard and really hard to get it out. Uh, the other one was easy. It came out in pieces. So there is uh, work to do. And listen, the, the, the regulations, I, I think Canada has done it the right way by rolling them out slowly. Uh, they hopefully will change. Like you should be able to pick up, we, we talked about the in the past, you should be able to pick up a six pack uh, when it comes to drinks. So hopefully some of those regulations will ease as time goes on. Yeah, you boy, you know that's an issue that just grinds my gears. The fact that you can only order, you know, five houseplant drinks uh, off of provincial store out here before you hit your, um, you, they call it a cannabis equivalency because there's something like 5.1 mm-hmm. grams of cannabis in each drink. Um, so, you know, I, I did ask Tyler about this and uh, he believes that in time, absolutely, we'll start to see, um, you know, 12 packs. We'll start to see cases uh, of cannabis drinks. You can actually buy a case, bring it out to a barbecue wouldn't that be great on Canada Day to bring a case of cannabis drinks over and, you know, help to normalize and help to reduce that stigma? So that's going to relax in time. Um, You know, in the meantime, he said that uh, having these lower doses uh, just helps people to to not bite off more than they can chew, especially for people who are new to cannabis. Um, They have a little bit of room for trial and error to make sure that, you know, they're not going off the deep end. Uh, In the meantime, unfortunately, all we can really do is just to order uh, maybe every day, order a few different times, and to build up an inventory. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the day where we can have a uh, cannabis two four on May long weekend, uh, the two four mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, that will be great, uh, David. As always, I enjoyed this chat. You can find out more information at okanaganz.com/oz. Sign up for the newsletter that comes out every Friday and get all of your cannabis news uh, check them out on twitter at okanagan z and at wiley writer uh celebrate the rest of your canada day in fine style david thanks very much for joining me great to talk to you this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. I know we are still halfway through the year and uh, trying to enjoy sunshine and summer, but just take a peek ahead to the fall for the Cannabis and Hemp Expo here in Edmonton, October 3rd and 4th at the Edmonton Expo Center. We will be there. We'll be uh, on location, uh, at a booth, uh, putting together some episodes, interviewing those in the industry and those visiting the show. So if you're going to head on to the show, please come and say hello, and uh, maybe we can do a quick interview with you about why you love cannabis. And you can be a part of this program you can get tickets at www.cannabishempexpo.com and uh, we will have some tickets to give away as we get closer to the show october 3rd and 4th at the edmonton expo center tickets at www.cannabishempexpo.com you got a joint uh no not on me man (laughs) it'd be a lot cooler if you did Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Blah, blah, blah. 
be careful with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Our cannabis character today is uh, none other than a, a Canadian, a Canadian character, a Canadian actor on Canada Day. And uh, it's Ricky LaFleur, uh, played by Rob Wells uh, from Trailer Park Boys. Just talked with uh, David Wiley about the Trailer Park Buds and the logo that came out. So we're trying to tie everything here like a nice rug. We're trying to tie the whole show together here. So Ricky LaFleur is our cannabis character from Trailer Park Boys. Uh, he loves uh, getting high. Uh, we all know that. If you, if you watch the show, uh, if you watch any of their YouTube videos, uh, it's it's what he really likes to do. He's got, he's got a... Uh, Apparently he had a high tolerance, but then he uh, met his match when the Godfather Tommy Chong uh, pays him a visit, and they set up this contest. Uh, they had these seven briefcases, and you had to, you know, open one was a vape pen, open one was a bong, and so it was basically a contest. And uh, Tommy Chong, well, how do I put this uh, lightly? Um, he basically owned Ricky uh, in this episode, but it's quite funny. Okay, you know the rule, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, why don't you tell them to me, because I forgot. I guess we what, you pick a case and then... Yeah, it says pick here, you pick a case and then it'll tell you what you need to do to smoke it. All right. Okay. But before we start, let's let's just start with the joints, okay? Because i got to get warmed up a little bit. Did you see that? He smoked the whole joint in one breath. This whole competition got out of hand so quickly. It was ridiculous, I mean... The things they had them doing. Ricky had to smoke a joint, then chug a joint, then smoke three joints. Vape pen up the nose. Smoking a big bud by itself. Dabs and bongs at the same time. I don't know what Bubbles is going on about. He was acting like he's never been around Ricky getting high before. As long as Ricky's breathing, Ricky can still keep getting high. Good, you good, man. He's not good. He's almost in a coma. He's Just going for a nap. I'm fine, boys. <laughs> I'm fine. He's going for naps. Put it, get the hose and put it in my mouth, bubs. Good stuff. Two worlds collide. Trailer Park Boys and Tommy Chong. Um, great Canadiana uh, right there. As we celebrate a Canadian cannabis character, Ricky LeFleur from Trailer Park Boys. Uh, you should be getting the most of your cannabis, by the way. And you can do that uh, through Lobo Genetics. And you can get it for 50% off. You want a DNA kit? You want it 50% off? Use the promo code CANNABIS101. All one word when you go to lobogene.com. It's simple. You order a kit. They send it to you. You take a swab inside your cheek. You send it back. And then based on your DNA, they tell you how you metabolize cannabis. Are you at risk due to THC when it comes to memory loss, when it comes to mental health? Are there certain strains you need to stay away from? And then once you get your profile and your dashboard, they will start recommending specific strains for you to use based on what you are looking for, uh, your mood, uh, your goal. Do you want to be calm? Do you want to be happy? Do you need some energy? Do you need to relax? It's all there. And it's like having your own bud tender. So head to lobogene.com. Use the promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, and get your DNA kit 50% off. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Mm -hmm. 
My good friend Chris Ionson, who is the manager of the Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave location and our educator on What's That Strain, joining us as usual. Uh, we took the week off last week because of some technical problems. And uh, Chris, this uh, eight ball cush that we are doing, I have had to hang on to this uh, and my willpower has been tested uh, while I waited. Welcome back and uh, good to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Dean. Uh, I don't know how you held on to that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have been able to, so good, good for you. Nice willpower. No doubt. Uh, we, we, we all, I always like to stress to people that they shouldn't um, shop for their cannabis. Well, I shouldn't say shouldn't, but I wouldn't recommend shopping. It's strictly based on THC. There's a lot of things to learn about. But for those that really want the THC, uh, this, is, uh, this is the one. And uh, we were chatting about this when I came in and, and I grabbed it. You guys have to click and collect. You use the Leafly site order your uh, cannabis pick it up uh, in and out just like that everybody's safe uh, it really does uh, um, help you guys as well stay uh, you know uh, organized and uh, uh, with the flow of things during this strange covid times yeah for sure it's uh it has helped a lot uh, using that system uh, a lot of people that are using it uh, yeah are commenting on they appreciate you know we've got the bag ready to go when they come in hey i've got a leafly order What's the name? Oh, you're Mark. Okay, Mark, here's your bag. Let's ring you through. Out you go. So uh, really keeping the uh, you know time in store uh, to as, as little as possible just with what we're going through right now. So, uh, yeah. And the, the great thing is that you don't have to drive from store to store. You can find out exactly what is at your uh, desired Nova yeah. Cannabis. Uh, this is what Chris has at uh, Jasper Ave. I'm going to head on down there. And uh, we're going to chat after uh, we discuss 8-Ball Kush about some of the uh, Made by Vapes, uh, which is uh, part of the Burnt uh, Company. So we're big fans of, of those guys. But first, we need to talk about this 8-Ball Kush. And when we talk mm-hmm. about an Indica, uh, the, this is Indica with a capital I, isn't it? It definitely is, yeah, uh, for sure, uh, you know, heavy, heavy indica with a lot of indica in the lineage of it, uh, definitely, Dean, it's, it's heavy. So this is from 1812, and they are under the Harvest One uh, United Greeneries umbrella, which we've talked about in the past, and, and there's a number of those companies under that umbrella, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Harvest One is kind of yeah the, the big parent company, and within them they have uh, United Greenery, which is their recreational cannabis uh, brands, and that those brands are uh, are uh, eighteen twelve uh, Royal High um, Live Relief uh, is, is is within there too, um, and then um, they've also got uh, Dream Water, which is kind of like a, a sleep aid uh, that they're selling in in stores across Canada right now, just like in Walmart's even. Um, and then they've also got uh, uh, a, a topical company as well. Um, so they're, they're really kind of uh, covering a lot of ground with, with cannabis. Um, and they're also in the Shoppers Drug Mart Medicinal under the Saki Farm. Um, so 1812 is, is their new brand uh, that they've just released here in, in Alberta. So uh, pretty new. Uh, so far, we've only seen uh, two strains uh, on their website that they've listed. Um, and that's the, the eight ball Kush and, and the super skunk. Um, and we have seen the super skunk released by them from Royal high. Uh, so I'd be curious to see how it's going to come out, uh, through the 1812 branding. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. This, the eight ball Kush I've, I've already tried, uh, it's, it, when you, when you said you had to, you held on to yours. I, I think I've had three, uh, uh-huh. of those two packs already since it did come out because, 
I'm a big fan. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it does come in uh, uh, w- with two joints uh, in, in the package, as you mentioned. And uh, that live relief that you mentioned, uh, that's something that uh, my wife has actually tried. And it's, uh, it's really uh, helped her uh, with some of her uh, you know, aches and pains and, and s- some of her uh, back issues. So that's obviously uh, exciting stuff. Um, you know, they have made some news recently, as a lot of cannabis companies have. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, just recently, uh, the late June 2020, uh, they, they announced uh, a couple of management changes uh, within the Harvest One uh, upper management company. So their COO, uh, Andrew Kane, uh, has kind of stepped down from COO and into a general counsel position. Uh, and their, their CFO, uh, Aaron Wong, has, uh, has resigned uh, from his position to uh, pursue other interests. So uh, two big, big roles there. I mean, I'm sure there's big shoes to fill. Um, but, uh, seems like the company's kind of got things on track. They've got their, their, uh, their top guy, uh, Andy Bayfield, that's kind of run the show there. Um, and, uh, yeah, things are, things are rolling. Uh, and then also in, uh, June, June 26th, uh, it was announced that, uh, they sold their Duncan DC facility, um, for $8.2 million to the Costa Cana, uh, group. And, uh, pretty much what they're doing is, you know, freeing up, uh, freeing up some cash to pay off some of their debts. Uh, which a lot of companies are kind of getting into right now and uh, putting themselves in kind of a better position for their shareholders. Um, and they've also sold uh, another property too, April 1st of this year, uh, the Lai Louette property. It's a 398 acre site, uh, you know, that they sold for three quarters of a million dollars. So um, definitely trying to have some capital and kind of get, get a little bit more focused in on, on the brands that they really want to, I guess, put their money into. Um, so yeah, a lot of things happening with Harvest One right now. All right, so eight ball Kush, or it's also known as uh, eight ball uh, at different times, uh, is bred by Barney's Farm. So before we get into a little bit of the lineage, which has some heavy hitters in it, uh, Barney's Farm is a pretty legendary place, and and you you've actually. Um, you know, you visited one of their cafes before in uh, the wonderful country of the Netherlands. So, what was the cafe like at Bar- Bar- Barney's Farm? Uh, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, yeah, that, that was actually the, the first cafe that I went to uh, the day that we got into Amsterdam. Uh, we ended up, uh, you know, putting our bags at, at our at our uh, place that we we're staying at. Um, you know, went right into town. First place was a coffee shop. Um, and it was, it was Barney's and, uh, you know, talked to the, uh, the bud tender there, uh, kind of got into it, you know, some good discussion about, you know, what, what strain we wanted to smoke, uh, got really excited. Uh, and he ended up, uh, rolling the joint and, and smoking it with us, uh, which was super cool. Um, yeah, it's a real neat, neat vibe over there for sure. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, cool cannabis history, uh, you know, being in, in those, those shops too. A lot of cool pictures on the wall, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was super neat uh, being there. Yeah, I would highly recommend uh, you know anyone to uh, to check out the coffee shops in Amsterdam if you're heading out to Europe uh, anytime soon. And and the Barney's Farm one was probably one of my favorites. So. Yeah. And they're uh, they're pretty uh, legendary breeders. Uh, so they they produce mm-hmm. eight ball Kush, which, uh, as mentioned, has some uh, pretty big lineage. So so lay on the uh, lineage, which includes a land race strain. Yeah, for sure. So the eight ball Kush is, is is a cross of of Bubba Kush, um, which is uh, known to be you know heavy heavy indica right, you know, end your day kind of kind of Kush. Uh, so Bubba Kush crossed with King Kush. 
And so King Kush uh, has uh, a, you know, OG Kush crossed with Afghan. Um, and Afghan, that land race strain. Uh, so very heavy genetics there. Uh, you know, the Bubba and the King. Um, so it kind of gives us, produces, uh, you know, a, a full on indica there. With the eight ball. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that this is definitely, you know, sometimes we talk, uh, you know, this is indica dominant or indica leaning. Uh, this is all the way indica, that's for sure. Uh, you could check out the website. It's www.harvestone.com. As Chris mentioned, a lot of different things under the umbrella. Very clean, professional uh, information. And as I mentioned off the top, for those that are looking at THC and, and they want high THC, and I know a lot of people come into you and ask what's the high is THC well this is, has yeah. to be one of them that you're recommending 27.2% Chris yeah yeah that is fairly high uh, that's almost as high as we've seen it uh, for sure I uh, you know got a, I managed to get a case of them uh, and we sold out of them in a couple of days uh, yeah it's uh, definitely a, a sought after product for sure yeah okay so what do we what do we know about the name um you know what what is your i know we both looked and couldn't find a lot of information so what's your best guess when when it comes to eight ball kush yeah um so i i think that it's gonna have to do with uh with the billiards the you know the term uh when you're, you're shooting pool uh you know the last thing you hit uh you know before the game's over is, is the eight ball so uh, you know, the last thing you hit before ending your day, uh, that eight ball. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. That's awesome. I thought, I thought maybe it was going to be like, if you shake up this joint, all your future will be told to you like that magic eight ball game, uh, that you would, <laughs> you would shake up, but I, I like yours a lot better. And then 1812, who knows, maybe it has a reference to the great war uh, of 1812. I'm sure there's got to be some significance there. Yeah, yeah, I think that that could be it. I couldn't find too too much on you know an 1812 cannabis reference, but uh, yeah, maybe it had something to do with that war. <laughs> all right, uh, what about the look? Um, th- this first of all comes in a nice reusable tube, and it has something that we both really like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, uh, Integra humidity pack uh, comes with the the tubes, um, which is nice. Keeps everything fresh in there, um, and I think the packaging too is great. It's not not too big you know it's not more than it needs to be 100 percent uh when you look at these joints uh these pre-rolls they do look a little bit different than some of the other ones people might see out there uh yeah they do they're uh more of a a, like a longer roll uh which which i definitely appreciate um and um yeah they've got a nice twist to them i i haven't had any issues with the, the sixes that i've smoked uh, they've all burned really nice, no mm-hmm. runs, uh, really nice roll job. Yeah. Long, skinny joint, a little bit different than the other ones. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I do not roll. I cannot roll. I use a machine. If I'm going to roll, I use cones. So I, I, I produce joints. I don't roll joints. So I pack them in there. I've been having a really hard time lately trying to figure out, you know, I'll, I put too much in and, and I can't get enough. I, I don't have enough in it's too loose and it goes out. So I really appreciate a finely rolled joint that I know is not going to just go out on its own as i'm smoking it yeah yeah for sure i can echo that sentiment dean uh i i definitely have encountered you know in some store bought pre-rolls you know over my time a couple that are you know it's been a little frustrating um but yeah i I definitely think uh 1812's done a good job with uh you know their rolls 
Now, rolling is, uh, you know, to be a good roller, you know, there's some pride in that. And I know you take pride. I know that's kind of part of the, uh, the, the process for you, the socialization process. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, rolling a really great joint is an art form. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, geez, I can remember um, the time when, when I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't roll. I used to have a little bowl uh, that I would, you know, that's how I would consume my cannabis and, or, you know, my friends would roll joints. And then I remember, uh, yeah, talking to my, my friend Woody uh, back in the day and saying, you know, Woody, you teach me how to roll, buddy. Uh, you know, and we just, we would, we would try it out and, you know, that's, uh, you know, it didn't quite work out how I wanted, you know, junk it. Let's, let's try again. Uh, just took some repetition for me too. Uh, a big trick that, uh, that's worked well for me is I, I'll roll it up. Like uh, I'll, I'll place my butt into the paper. Um, I will take the pack of papers and that's kind of my tool to like spread it out evenly. Uh, and then I'll finish off with a tamp, uh, on the paper, mm-hmm. uh, and not, not too, too hard. It's kind of a, a nice medium. You gotta, you gotta find with, it, with your tamp and your, with your roll so that you're not too tight or too loose. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, it just comes with, uh, with time. Let's talk terpenes. Uh, what do we have with eight ball Kush? For sure. Uh, we got caryophylline as the dominant terpene there. So that's going to give us that spicy kind of black pepper flavor to it. Uh, next up is limonene and that's, uh, you know, that citrus and sweetness. Uh, and then we've got, uh, humulene, uh, which is kind of found in hops. Uh, and then uh, linalool, which is the floral and lavender uh, aroma and flavor. Mm-hmm. Quickly becoming my second favorite terpene is uh, linalool. Um, so yeah. this is a heavy indica. Does that mean the desired effect is going to knock me out right away? Um, you know, through through my experience with it, uh, no, not not fully. It's not a you know not going to like knock you out. You know, have have a good night like you're sleeping. Uh, it definitely is a very strong body effects. Uh, almost numbing uh, with it. Uh, it's definitely a relaxing smoke. Um, I do find with it though, there there is a nice uh, head buzz. You know that can be uh, thought provoking and fun. Kind of you know I just definitely had some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, be, I mean, be prepared to hit the couch. You are going to want to like chill out. Uh, but I mean, it's not going to put you you know, right to sleep right away. All right. So it's probably not the, the best first uh, thing in the morning um, because <laughs> it's uh, maybe going to relax you too much, but it's uh, not something you have to worry about, you know, uh, just conking out right away. As for the three W's, who, what, and when is this good for? Uh, the who is definitely not beginners and maybe not intermediate either. Yeah, no, I think this is definitely a, a level three uh, experienced smokers only. I think, uh, you know, uh, this is some of the strongest stuff we've had on the show here. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're you're uh, ready for it. What is this good for? Uh, What's good for? Relaxing, uh, you know, getting your chill on, uh, watching some Netflix, um, documentaries, some like some thought provoking television, I think would be good. Uh, a lot of times with cannabis, you know, you just want to put on some some goofy comedy and, you know, just, uh, let your brain, shut your brain off for a little bit. Uh, I think for the, for, you know, the eight ball cush, you, you might want to throw on some thought provoking documentaries, uh, you know, getting, getting into a, a different state of mind. Um, and I also think that it's good for unwinding after a long, stressful day. I like that. Uh, I love that. It's, uh, 
you know, something that can stimulate conversation. You know, maybe, maybe you watch something with some friends and then you have a deep conversation about it after instead of just, you know, like we usually do, giggling at Seth Rogen. We can maybe watch something serious and, and discuss it as it uh, maybe, um, you know, brings out a little bit more thought uh, from us that, that might already, uh, that, that maybe usually wouldn't. And as you mentioned, the when, uh, perfect, uh, you know, and I love your analogy, you know, the last thing you hit before go to bed. So this is a great yeah. evening, evening strain for sure. Uh, so I've, uh, I've sparked this up. I'm going to uh, take another hit. Uh, tell us uh, and, and everybody a little bit about uh, what the taste is of 8-Ball Kush. Uh, for sure. So it's, uh, it's, it's sweet and it's spicy. Uh, those are kind of the two, the two things that I noticed, uh, definitely some, some, there's like notes of, of earth, kind of an earthy hashy kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, I do notice too, it's got some bites to it. Uh, you know, it hit, I can feel it kind of, uh, get the back of my throat. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, you know, what, it, what it, very cushy uh, for me is what the, what the what the taste is. Yeah, I can definitely taste the sweetness. Like like even on my like like on the tongue, you can taste uh, the yeah. the, su- the sweetness of it. So I definitely get that. And you know me and Cario Filing, we go we go hand in hand. So I really appreciate uh, uh, the spiciness that goes along with it. Uh, so sweet, spicy, a little bit of earthy taste uh, due to uh, a number of the terpenes. This is a really enjoyable joint, uh, eight ball Kush, full indica. Uh, and this comes uh, courtesy of 1812. So uh, I recommend people pick this up. Uh, it's not the, the, the um, it's a little bit more expensive than some other stuff, but it is definitely worth it. In my opinion, they can use it, uh, get the, use the click and collect system through Leafly. Find out uh, what you have in store at Nova Cannabis and come down and pick it up. And so this is one of the products that they can do. We teased it earlier. Lay it on me about made by these vape pens that uh, have a, a nice connection to our friends at Burnt. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we just got them in at the, my store this past Monday. Um, they're a collaborative uh, with uh, with Burnt Designs, who, as you said, there are friends here from... Uh, uh, you know, they, they were making, uh, you know, bongs and pipes and, uh, and rolling trays and ashtrays. Like they had a real nice, really classy uh, accessory line. Uh, they partnered up with Valens, uh, who's like a kind of an extraction provider. And, and they've, they've created these disposable vape pens. Uh, now, the idea is uh, made by is is uh, it's a made by uh, a specific artist. So um, they have three different pens in, in the uh, library right now. We've got a white rhino a headband, and a critical Cali mist. And they were all uh, 0.22 gram disposable pens. Uh, really high quality pens too. Um, some of the, you know, the, the better quality ones on the market. Uh, but the cool thing about this for me is, is, is it's an artist collab. So uh, for this first batch uh, of pens, they actually partnered up with uh, uh, Glenn Ronald. Uh, he's uh, an artist out of Sherd Park here. And, uh, and he designed, I'm pretty sure that he, you know, kind of tested out the White Rhino uh, and then kind of made some artwork to, you know, how that, you know, how, how to express how the white rhino was. And he did that with headband and with the critical Cali net. So we have three different designs on the pens, very vivid color, uh, super nice. They're the nicest looking pens we got, uh, for sure. And, uh, and the cool thing too is, uh, with every pencil, uh, a little bit of proceeds goes towards the artist. So, um, really cool initiative here. Um, kind of something new that we're seeing uh but you hopefully you know other other companies pick up on it and uh you know these collabs are great so yeah 
that's pretty much uh, what I got to say about the made by pens there, Dean. I like that idea. Um, you, you know, you, you're you're using this pen. You're looking at this pen, which is what the artist uh, felt like and and was trying to describe. Well, he used white rhino so you know you can make your kind of your own interpretations from that so it's a beautiful concept i'm looking forward to uh testing them out and um uh, uh burnt uh, pretty much everything their touch uh turns to green i guess we should say in the cannabis industry so there we go you can find uh, the made buys and you can find the eight ball kush from 1812 uh using click and collect at nova cannabis chris thanks as always for uh, your knowledge I look forward to seeing you this week and chatting with you again next week. Yeah, for sure, Dean. Thanks for having me, buddy. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Excited about this week's edition of the Business of Cannabis with Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Company. You can uh, find them online at greengencompany.com. And uh, Malka, when we uh, when we talk about the uh, the cannabis industry and some of the, I guess the the next wave of products. One of those is beverages, and um, you know, to to kind of put it in in terms, it's not exactly going down easy right now. Yeah, and I think it's just too early. Like, I mean, I not to say that I, the concept is is not great. I think more is that um, it's, it's doing more harm than good. And 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 really, why I say this is if you look back at like when the companies got started um, raising money, you know, back in before legalization, and some of the big names joined up with the bigger names in the alcohol world for you know put the big guns on the on the board, and now they seem to be sort of having to walk in and, and run everything because the the operations aren't going great, but what was the original thought around this was that, you know, they wanted to go head-to-head against the alcohol industry, which in theory sounded fantastic. Um, you know, there's lots of social alcohol users. They thought that there'd be you know, a lot more uptake of new cannabis users that they could provide uh, some an alternative to alcohol, right? So here's an opportunity, here's a space that's never been done before, um, you know, for, the, for people to use cannabis in, you know, short onset, quick offtake. Uh, situations like in restaurants or golf games, you know, drinking in public, uh, in public, you know, events as opposed to smoking, right? So that people had this other option. And I think, you know, this has been sort of the big sell to the investors was this could take on big alcohol, but it's just way too early. And some of the products have come out and they're just not that good. Um, so sort of putting a damper on obviously the sales aren't that good either. So I think it's really putting a damper on that initial you know, bright spot that everyone was so excited about. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting situation with drinks, um, you know, and and the, kind of the industry as a whole is, you know, the it seems like there there's a rush to get as many things out as possible, which the consumer wants, right? They they want choice. They've heard about all these things. What is it? Do you think there's going to be a step back? Do you think they're just going to keep cutting out products and trying to improve on the fly? Like, what is the solution? Well, the solution is, you know, to go back to the drawing board and like business 101, like strategy 101 is 
build a long-term plan and learn about what your customers really want and need. Like, I think what they're doing is they're throwing dark at the wall or spaghetti and seeing what's going to be, you know, a, a plate of food at the end of the night. And mm-hmm. I think that's just, it's ill-conceived. And not to say that it's not, you know, it's not part of the strategy was not thought about. I think it's just the, there has been so many externalities that have not gone well. And the, the bigger, the bigger part, part of this, part of Part of this is that you know a lot of these companies just assumed that if you build it, they will come. But that that may be true. But if the, the they, as in the customers, can't get to it, can't try it because a they're not there's not a place where they can use it because of regulations. You can't. There is no such place where you can consume public uh, publicly cannabis in any form. Like there is no such thing as legal use within an establishment, not in Canada, actually not anywhere other than maybe Amsterdam and the, like the nine licenses in West Hollywood that haven't even opened yet. Um, so I think we're just really early. And but the, the negativity around it is hitting the headlines because that's all people can talk about when they're restricted about talking about the benefits that cannabis can bring for people or, you know, in, in, uh, speak about, about the product in any sort of way that would bring reason for them to, you know, judge it positively or negatively, which is part of the regulation. So I think that's a big part of it is that the timing is not right. And so, you know, that timing is huge, right? You know, when it comes to product rollout, um, that's a major part of the strategic uh, part of things. Um, but there also is another big piece of this, which is just, it's sort of been kind of glossed over. I mean, ca- cannabis companies, even the ones that are, you know, really excited about them, they talk about all how this is a great thing because all of a sudden they turned a cannabis, you know, cannabinoid molecule um, into, which is normally a fat soluble, you know, molecule into a water soluble, you know, soluble molecule. That's a chemical changing technology, right? This is a new way of of um, of taking taking a molecular compound and changing it into something else with the, with the advent adding of some sort of patented or patentable uh, intellectual property. And that scares me as a consumer, you know, like, the, and, and not just me, but I was at this conference, like this cool virtual conference in the U.S. where their cannabis services are not legal in most of the states that do even have rec, rec cannabis. Like there's a lot of places they've said no to beverages already. They've already said, sorry, we're not even going to bring these in yet because of the fears of, we just don't know what just happens to this molecule when it, goes into your body like we don't know it doesn't leave your body because we they're doing these tests and they're seeing that it doesn't exit the body uh, in any way that the typical cannabis does so then they're wondering hmm where is it going is that a good thing what's like it just to me just brings up so many more questions for a consumer you know so that's why i'm skeptical um and it's just so far from the traditional uses that you know, it's almost like a Franken thing. <laughs> so I, I, I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm, I thought the concept of the prospects at the outset was great, but the timing and the execution and the lack of research on how it affects people, I, I think we're just a little bit too early. So that's, uh, that's what I'm getting worried about. All right. So from something that is uh, still in the experimental stage to something that has been uh, perfected by uh, thousands uh, of people over time, not by me, um, certainly, (laughs) but rolling of the joint. Uh, is something that I don't think is, you know, you can, we can talk about drinks and, and, and edibles 
and vapes and this, the joint is never going to go away. Uh, and, and this is a, a company that we're talking about in Changemakers, J-Roll. I absolutely uh, love this concept. I can't roll. This is exactly for me. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at, uh, here, I'm putting on my business hat again, you know, that's kind of what I do, but for my, my, my time in my MBA, one of the best strategic plays about how do you, how do you change uh, perception? How do you change direction? How do you get people to, to, to try something new? Is you start with the low-hanging fruit. You start with the people that already really like the product and the use of it, but maybe just can't quite get it or use it in a way that they would like. And to me, the joint is like the, you know, in the words, the great words of the great Anthony Bourdain, there are only two things that you need to know how to do in your life. And if you don't master them, it can be a waste. I think that's something to that effect with this quote. Those two things are rolling a joint and wiping your ass. <laughs> so, you know, I have to, I thought of this, I thought of asking more Dave, may he rest in peace, when I saw this zero opportunity because J-Roll, exactly, when talking to the owners of the company, they are talking about people that like the classic joint, but just don't have the ability to use it. So they developed the technology, which is essentially just an accessory. So it isn't even a regulated cannabis good. It's just a better way and a faster way to, draw, to roll many joints for the consumer. And this is a space that has not yet been done. Um, there are joint rolling machines. I mean, how, how do you think pre-rolls and cones in the stores are happening like there are, there are larger sizes of joint rolling technology like a mass equipment type thing i think butola is the, the big name behind that um but this technology is like the curing for joints that's how i thought it's a it's a cool looking device to sit on your table or your countertop you can take it with you if you went on vacation and in this day and age where you really don't want to be passing the joint which was a part of the you know, the ritual of sharing and socializing with joints before. Everyone needs to have their own for COVID or whatever. This is perfect. Mm -hmm. So you bring your weed and you, everyone packs their, uh, puts their stuff in their, in the device and it pops out a machine at the uh, joint at the press of the button. It's super cool. It, it really is. I mean, you know, th this is uh, ideal for somebody that, uh, you know, maybe has uh, some arthritis or, or some, some hand issues and, and physically can't roll a joint while well, they can, you literally put your your cannabis in the machine it weighs it it grinds it it separates it into joints um you know for for people that want uh, something else uh, in the you know some people like uh, spliffs so uh, there's there's so many options for that for me you know i started out with one of those manual rollers where you feed the paper in and now i've gone yeah. to i have a bit of an electronic roller this is something that that i would do i would you know you know roll a number of joints for the entire week and it uh, you know yeah. i I don't have that uh, ritual aspect that some people do um, because I can't do it. So this is this is just yeah. something that's perfect for me. I absolutely love having a pre-rolled joint uh, if I have nothing to do uh, in the morning or when I'm done all my stuff and I just want to have a joint. It's already done. So I, I really love the concept of this. Yeah, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head with the, the accessibility. A big part of our market is the medical market, right? Because medical people, a lot of the traditionalists. You know, the ACMPR growers, they're using cannabis because of a physical or, you know, a serious mental situation where they cannot physically roll. So they're dabbing or they're going to the concentrates or they're just, you know, doing a ton of vaporization anyways, which is, you know, dry, dry, dry fire vaporization or um, um, bowls and bogs, which is the traditional way. So this is a great 
you know, accessibility play um, and help people that really want to um, get to the form that they like the best in a consistent way to stop the measuring, like you said. But the huge play here for a business opportunity is the branding. Yes. Like, I'm excited because I'm going to make my own line of, you know, green generation papers or something. And that's where the money is, right? The margin is in the papers and the accessories. And that's what the, where I see this going. And it's, it's the, the, the partnerships that they've already got started are going to open the door exponentially in that space. And I'm so excited. So, you know, keep watch. <laughs> no doubt. And the cannabis connoisseur, uh, you know, when you're, if you're, if you're the type of person that uh, is maybe in some sort of, uh, you know, cannabis uh, entertainment situation, whether you're, you know, be a bud tent for people, this is perfect for that sort of industry where they, you know, prepackage some of their stuff. So there's a lot of uh, um, uh, appeal with this. And, and I'm really excited for, for this to end up in stores and stuff uh, because uh, I've been a, I've been a fan ever since I saw that first video that uh, kind of went viral uh, on the internet. I've been wanting, you know, I've been in and chatted with uh, the, the gentleman behind it. So big fan of uh, J roll for sure. And I'm also a big fan of what it means to be green. And that's the, the final segment of, of this segment that we do. And, and, and in, in this instance, um, what it means to be green means go, but not so fast. Yeah, so I, I was thinking like stop light, go light, you know, like yeah. that, like and green light. So this is in regards to you know, I had a great conversation this week with uh, the CEO of the Grasslands Paper Collective and and uh, Lindsey Black is the CEO and and you know, Brad Blessed, well, he is he has climbed to the mountain and back for this uh, organization. He used to be a former Alberta PC government cabinet minister, so he knows the government angle like the back of his hand, inside and out. And he's, a, he's passionate about bringing the small craft cultivation in a large way to the Canadian cannabis uh, market, but also in building a scalable operation. So what do I mean by green means go, but not so fast? Well, you know, they're doing great things. This Jotham's Paper Collective, they really figured out um, how to create a model that allows um, smaller cannabis growers uh, and craft cultivators and, you know, people that want to move into the the, um, the green market, the, you know, the legal side. The unfortunate thing is they still are getting a lot of pushback um, or finding the right, you know, people to be those craft growers. I think that's one hurdle that they're still facing because it's, <laughs> there's still a market out there for the green market, unfortunately. That has not gone, gone away. And even I think there's a lot of groups out there that are really working hard. I know uh, Hattie and the Square Foot Growth Systems is another example. There's a lot of groups that are really pushing to make it easier, lower the barriers, make it accessible and affordable to bring this amazing quality um, growers, these master growers, into the green the green side and the legal realm. And you know, they're it's just it's unfortunately we're just it's. There's a stigma on both sides, and this is where you're really seeing the rubber that hits the road, um, is that attracting some of these craft growers, they're doing it, but they need, you need to be more. We need to bring more over. So it's not so fast, and that's what I mean by uh, by this little segment here. And, but there's it's a huge opportunity, and there's great groups like these out there that are wanting to nurture these smaller craft growers, but in a larger ecosystem where everything's set up for them. Um, in parts of the part of the country that are set up for agra tech and and agra they're calling it um it's like plant bio plant sciences um, agra tech is 
removing the cannabis so that the stigma lowers and, and attracting other types of technologies to really practice and, and learn about um, how like even like blockchain and these these collectives are amazing because they're really working on some really cool stuff but attracting the uh, sort of the old school or the legacies uh, or the the crafts and micros to them has been a little bit challenging and I think we really need to uh, emphasize how amazing that story can be for them. Well, it's interesting. There, there are barriers that are keeping some people from buying legally. You know, some of it is, is price. Um, there are other people that uh, just feel, um, for whatever reason, that it's gone too corporate. Well, I don't know how you legalize and not have it be uh, some sort of uh, corporate in cannabis. But what you're talking about, if you're bringing craft and you're bringing micro producers in there um i think some of those other people are going to be like oh well I, I feel a little bit more comfortable this feels a little bit more like what i was used to the bottom line is um you know the the goal is to get the the gray market down as much as possible and that that's just not right happening right now it's not and i i i mean i have some theories but i'm not going to go there on today's show um but i really i want to help like there's i i'm i'm of the kind of people where you know, I understand there could be issues from your past, whatever, but let's start fresh. You know, we have this opportunity to bring something of real, real value to the Canadian market and be a leader around the world. I mean, we have a great market here, but, you know, when it's like around the world, it's much of a bigger problem than it is, you know, here. So let's build a pathway. You know, let's so the demand for the, the craft product is so huge. You know, we see things, some of the groups that have already gone started, the, um, the Salt Spring Island uh, guys out there that, that they're bringing there. Yeah, good buds, that's it. They, there's a few of these really great craft brands and also craft product that's coming in through the bigger brands, the LPs that are buying up the craft product, and we're seeing that are coming through already. And I think that they just, they need to know that they're not going to get, you know, like thrown under the bus. I think they need a, a warm and comforting people that are willing to bring them into these collective or these collaborative environments where um, their skills are of value and their experience are of value and they're going to get remunerated for their hard work and compensated with bonuses and things so that they don't feel that they're, you know, they're selling out. And I think that's, I think, I think that that might be part of the stigma on the, on that side is my, is my theory, but, you know, keeping the gray side afloat with the demand from the public is a part of it too. So, I think if we continue to talk about these positive, you know, ways that it can happen, um, and showing the, the love of the product from the consumer side, I think that's that's the best way. One hundred percent, and and hopefully we'll we'll get there, and you know, people can jump on for the ride, and and everybody's happy in the end. Uh, Malka, this has been a lot of fun. You can check out more information at www.greengencompany.com. And Malka LaBelle joins me each week for the business of cannabis. Thanks once again, Malka. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean. You as well. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another Weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, The Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So for the word, uh, weed words of the day, uh, the uh, slang word 
and standard word. That's how we uh, roll in on this one. The slang word going with today is a, is a bit of a phrase. Peel the Dutch uh, means to roll a joint. If you're an Eminem fan, uh, you'll know and you'll hear the line in his song Rabbit Run. Uh, it refers, uh, from, from what I can tell, rolling a blunt with uh, Dutch masters papers. Uh, so there's uh, there's a lot of different uh, people, different, I guess, preferences for whatever kind of rap you want to use uh, with your blunt. Now, now the standard word uh, that we're going with and uh, phrase is live resin, uh, which is one of the things that uh, has been on the market now. Um, you know, we I've told you about uh, the batter, uh, shatter uh, we spoke about, and uh, live resin is also uh, a product that I picked up uh, of courtesy of Good Buds. Uh, they have a product out there uh, called White Glookies. Uh, so uh, I grabbed that and some shatter when I was at uh, Plant Life uh, Jensen Lakes the other day. So I'm always trying to try these new things. Um, now the, I, I think the products are great. Um, it's they're you know not getting a lot, unfortunately. You're you know you're getting. Um, a small amount for um, what for some people can be a, a large amount of money. It's uh, so it, it's going to work itself out, but just know that when you do pay for this product, it is dynamite. It is really, really, really good. Uh, so anyway, live resin is a concentrate that you use in a dab rig uh, made from the cannabis plant material that hasn't been dried or cured. Uh, fresh flower buds, sugar leaves, stems and family fan leaves aren't used. Uh, flower uh, you, terpenes are are really locked in and flavor is locked in as the cannabis is frozen and you get to absolute beautiful uh, flavor so that's kind of the live resin it's um can uh you know the 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 ones i uh picked up from um uh, plant life the uh, good buds uh kind of looks like a a, a keef kind of a thing uh, and i put it in my uh, uh put it in a joint for a little bit of a bit of a topper i put some in a bowl i put one in a bowl the other day and man did it ever pack a punch so uh, i would check it out uh, live resin there's gonna be a lot of good products out there and um you know we've uh, we've spoken about rosin in the past so trying to just keep everybody that's new uh, up to date with all these new terms that you might be hearing uh, i'll tell you before i started this podcast i didn't know what a terpene was so uh, don't be afraid to ask a question uh when you're at a, a retail outlet because the people that are uh, selling you this cannabis uh, they should know and they are the ones to go to um for your questions they have the answers a lot of my answers a lot of my questions uh, get answered from you know uh, guys like chris ianson at nova cannabis uh, who is our educator on what's that strain so please if you ever are unsure about something and you're in an uh, a store and uh, even if you know if you're buying some pre-rolls but you want to know what this other product you've hearing about just ask them uh you know i know we're trying to uh minimize the amount of time we're in and out but it doesn't take them that long uh while they're ringing you through to explain what uh, a product is so uh, don't ever be afraid to ask a question if especially if you are new uh, to the cannabis world this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in canada and beyond and that is it for this canada day episode uh, i apologize to those in the eastern time zone 
that if you were waiting for this episode, uh, you had to stay up so late. It was a crazy busy day for me. Uh, but I'm glad uh, that I was able to celebrate Canada Day talking about cannabis. Uh, one of my favorite things. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and please leave us a review. Really helps us. Uh, if you give us a rating, be honest and let us know. Uh, constructive criticism is always welcome. I'd like to thank uh, Leif Unseth of the Canadian Cannabis Exchange uh, for joining me on the program today. As usual, David Wiley from the OZ, Chris Ianson. Nova Cannabis, Jasper Av, joined me for What's That Strain, and Malcolm LaBelle from Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. Don't forget to chime in on our cannabis question. Who is your favorite Canadian cannabis advocate? A pair of regal cigars going out to somebody who chimes in. Social media accounts, or you can email us, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com and that's how you can get in touch with us if you want to be a part of the show whether you think you'd make a good guest uh, for your company or whatever it is that you do or if you would like to advertise with us hit us up cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com we leave you with the song marijuana from the artist my dead dog remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy happy Cannabis Canada Day. Yeah.